So are you saying that the first few digits of your phone numbers don't designate a particular region within the UK? No, we have, what are they? They're, they're 11 digits long and they don't, they don't tell you anything. Interesting. I never knew that. I don't believe it. I still don't believe it. You can with landlines. You can see the, the, the region with the landline, but with a cell number, no. No, you're completely incorrect according to the internet. Oh, there's been an internet check. So, for example, a telephone number starting with 0113 is Leeds, 0114 Sheffield, 0115 Nottingham. But none of those are cell numbers. They're all landline numbers. Oh, I didn't realize we were explicitly talking about cell phone numbers. Yeah, all our, all our cell numbers begin with 07. Okay, so when you go to get a cell phone number then, yeah. there's, no, there's no interest in getting a cell phone number or there's no possibility to get a cell phone number that would be from the area of Leeds or Sheffield no, or Nottingham, it doesn't tell you anything. It's just, it's just UK-wide number. Okay, so that's interesting. So, yeah, the way that it works here is cell phone numbers basically are exact replicas of landline numbers. There's really no distinguishing element. And it's become a uh, actually an interesting thing here about getting the prestigious 416 right. area code. Because now there's 416, 226, 647. And, and I think there's a new one, 914. Right. And we also have number portability. So if you have a landline and you decide you don't want it anymore, and you're going to go to a mobile phone, you could switch your number over to that mobile. By law, they have to do it. So there's, there's at this point, no d- distinguishment between the two, except that it is more than likely, if you have a 647 number, for example, that it's a mobile, but that is more a result of the fact that the the majority of new numbers generated right, right, right. are happen to be mobile numbers, and that's a newer area code. But you could also sometimes tell there there are a few like growing up there was like seven eight nine. You would just know seven eight five like all those kind of numbers that your friends' landlines would have. That generally, I don't know if you would see those as cell phones. I'm sure some of them are. They've transitioned like they they've expired them as landlines. And you're a little phones. older than me, so I have no experience with oh, really? the seven like, eight nine area like code. Seven, oh no no no, not area code like the. 416789 generally like I always perceive those as a landline just because I I have I had so many friends growing up that right. I, their numbers started with 789. Oh okay, I see. Because I think there was some geographical focus to like 789 might have been like a little south of where I grew up. Uh 221 was like our area or 223. So, I don't know. That was that was kind of growing up what what, what our numbers were like. I think it's I think it's a much better system. I kind of wish we had the same thing over here, but it won't be happening. Well, pretty soon we won't even have phone numbers. So, what will we have? I guess just type the person in the type the name of the person that you'd like to call. Oh no, you'll well, just you just think it, and the chip in your head will send a message. You don't have to do anything with your. Yeah, that seems far more likely because what Stephen is saying is actually interesting. That's part of the the whole recent Facebook controversy. Right. Is that one of the ways that they were able to scrape data was you used to be able to look people up on Facebook by their mobile number yes. as part of their profile. And when they inquired, why is it the case that you even allow that? The answer was, well, in the North American markets where there's a greater diversity of the actual names, it's easier to find someone just by typing in right. Stephen Pulver. But if you go to some markets, uh, for example, in Asia or India, I think was the right. prime example they use. So many people share a name that it's virtually impossible to find right. someone if you just type in right. how you know them by their name. So the only individual distinguishing element to to reliably find someone by search was a mobile number. Right. Uh, because your mobile number is your most generally your most un- unique number. Right. Well, there's not going to be there's not going to be two Stephen Pulvers with the same phone number. I'm quite impressed with the show notes this week. We have about ten or. So items on it. I think we have an uh, amazing show uh, coming up here. Uh, Adam Kaplan had actually said at dinner the other day, he said, said to us that it was one of the longer shows he's listening to. It's funny you say that because as I went to go get water and I was on my way back here, that was the first thing I wanted to bring was up. Was that to when talk you about. said the funniest thing? No. Right. Now I don't remember what the funniest thing is. Right. But did you find that funny at least that, that, that he would consider this a long one? Because normally we listen to hour and a half podcasts or well so my response at dinner was we are going longer 
Right. That's that's the goal because you and I, and I don't know about Tom, but you and I tend to listen to long, quite long form podcasts. Like I listen to shows that are in the two to three hour range. Right. So anything that's like forty five minutes to me seems right. way too short. Right. But then Justin, who we were having dinner with, he said uh, that he he said it was too long. So I said just put it on two x speed. Right. Which is also how I listen to podcasts. You do you listen to higher than two X or 2X? no? I can't go higher than two X. But I've 2X? even found because that's that's unbelievable. Yes. I don't know how anyone could do that. That's doesn't. I do like one point one point two maybe. So I go on two X and I and I have the skip. Oh, the, the smart the smart, smart speed. speed. Right. I find we're talking about overcast by the way. Right. So I I find podcasts even ours like I find it insufferable to listen to if it's on normal speed. If it is on normal speed, yeah. Like when I when when Tom sends us the rough cut to right. listen to, I hate it, and then I go and listen to it on two x speed, and I love it. Right. Yeah. And also bearing in mind that before you you've heard it, I've also taken out quite a few times when there's just these gaps that are a little bit too long to sound comfortable. So it's even been shortened before it's then sped up. Right. And do you not like listening to it because you don't like listening to it, like to not listening to yourself, or is it that it's weird to listen to something at? At normal speed. No, I actually have no issues listening to myself. I've heard, not that I want to listen to myself, but I've, I've just heard myself talk right. so many times over the years, whether it's presentations or other recordings. So I got through that. What do they call that? Is uh, That effect when you when you hear yourself and it doesn't accord with how you... Is there a term for that? I think we'll, there is. We'll, we'll find that and add it to the show notes. Sounds good. So I got over that years ago. I have no issues with that. I just found the conversation to be not like particularly last episode. Right. I thought it was cringeworthy. Right. I was probably my least favorite episode for the first 15 or so minutes, and which is not a good got, thing right. to feel about your own podcast. I uh, quite honestly, like I didn't really give a full listen. I was uh, like, I listened to the whole thing, um, but I wasn't, I wasn't so into last week's show. Yeah. I thought Steven, not to uh, pick on you, but I thought the first 15 minutes you were not really engaged in the conversation. No, I forget what was going on at that. You were point. so distracted. I don't, you, between looking at your computer and Stella running around and I no, think Stella, Stella is perfect. So let's right. Not blame so it has nothing to do with Stella, but, and then, and then the three of us got into some good conversation I felt. And funny enough, what in my opinion, in my opinion was one of the best conversations tom you had initially cut from the show <laughs> uh, oh yes the the the, the mirror gate. yeah and we we have some follow-up on that but i just thought uh, it's it might be interesting to talk for a second about uh about that whole conversation that we had about cutting that from the show and then putting right. that back into the show and it's and it's a funny thing number one you have the power as the editor the, the full editorial i mean he's the editor and and in chief he can do anything he wants like you guys say you get a little, you know, you found the last episode a little boring or, you know, Steve didn't really listen to it. Be- bearing in mind that I listened to obviously the entire thing unabridged many times and I'm cutting it down. And by the time I got to the mirror gate stuff, it was just it <laughs> just felt like too much off script, right. rambly banter. Well, was it really that or was it a bit of sort of the attention was on you and and maybe you wanted to get that out that, that was my intuition i mean i'm never a big, a big fan of talking about myself a huge amount anyway so that's that just goes for that's that's the kind of standard producer line well i'm glad you put it back in because i actually have some follow-up on that and i'll eat a little bit of my words so uh, would you like to hear that yes please so after i went on a nice little rant just completely aghast at the fact that you required a mirror to floss brush your teeth and moisturize. I think it was the following day. Stephen was over at my place. I don't remember where we were going, but I I was just going to the bathroom to quickly do some moisturizing, and I didn't use the mirror, which I often don't do, or maybe I glanced in it. Anyways, I came out of the bathroom and I had a big blotch of moisturizer on my face. I should have taken a picture of that. Yeah, <laughs> and Stephen just like with a complete huge smile on his face pointed it out, and uh, it was. The timing couldn't have been more perfect, and I, I definitely eat my words a little bit there. So some vindication for you, and that's why I'm, I'm happy. That's also one of the reasons why when we were talking on text afterward when you sent the rough draft of the show, I was a little bit pointed about wanting to keep that right. in oh, because I, I, even, I already yes. had that follow-up yes. for you, Tom, to apologize. So not much update on the Erica front except to say that at least... 
to this point in time, she hasn't listened. So you're not engaged. I'm neither engaged nor am I in trouble for the non-proposal. Right. And what, I forget what the deadline was. What was the deadline? Well, I don't. I think the way it actually ended up manifesting two months was it? Was it not two months? I I think I sort of did a bit of a cop out non-proposal in the end. So yes. the way it actually we were well, it was never truly a proposal, and then I kind of. I kind of coaxed you into like making it a, a little bit more of a real proposal and then you kind of agreed and then kind of backpedaled a little. Well, I really felt if there was a reasonable timeline of one week right? From, from like if she listened to the episode when the episode came out and before the next episode came out, I would think that was maybe a reasonable timeline. Well, that's two months. Still, it's, anything could happen. But in we're two still months. in that timeline. So what would happen if she listened to it, say, tonight? Um, before this episode that we're recording now goes live. Well, nothing would happen because it still didn't actually become a proposal. It ended up right. being I a see, non-proposal. Yes, I see, I but see. assuming the hypothetical it had been a proposal, I see. it would be from when it's released, not from when we recorded the next episode. So it would still be an open, an offer open for acceptance right. until the we get the overcast notification that the new episode is out. Right. Very technical. Very technical. Just watch your... Do do you hear the? Um, I'm just worried about the table with us moving with us moving it like this. I think at this point, Steve, instead of you being so distracted about like things that are going to negatively affect the podcast, let's just do it. And I haven't even noticed these things oh, really? too much in oh, listening okay, to them. Yeah, but but great. then I'm, I'd say once again, that's mainly because I spend a lot of time <laughs> cutting out all this sound, <laughs> and that takes me hours per episode to do fair okay so i'll suggest we'll find a we'll try to find a better solution maybe for the next recording but my primary concern for this episode is like once steven gets distracted and worried about no i'm not extraneous noises he will drift from this entire conversation one other update that is not on our show notes is an update to the water skiing challenge from last week correct which was a discussion we had with our friend Justin Hartsman uh, last night or two nights ago, basically discussing, oh, right. yes. discussing that he was going to match that $200 bet uh, and, and, and support me in getting up on one ski, not supporting as in like lifting me up, but maybe lifting me up emotionally. <laughs> and Adam Kaplan also uh, texting us to say that he, he thinks I'm going to be able to do it. So, yeah, so the, the offer charity is now doubled. It's at $400. Yes. And... Now that it's at four hundred dollars and I really have no downside, I'm actually I'm now switching teams. I'm on the I want Steven to succeed bandwagon. Okay, great. Rather than the I want Steven to horribly fail in front of Although everyone. Although for bandwagon. you, it's a win-win, I suppose. It's any yeah. We just this is what we determined last time is any outcome is going to be a win right. for me. I, I, I agree with that. I think that's good. So let's just give Justin uh, another plug from Needles. Just because, just to thank him for joining in on on this uh, charity bandwagon. Needles, all your AI-powered Facebook promotional needs, N-E-E-D-L-S dot com. But actually, this episode, we have our first sponsor officially. So who is this episode brought to us by? I actually don't even know. How do you possibly not know? Because I know that there was a little bit of a back and forth, and I don't know who was the... back and forth about? I don't know who our sponsor is. Well, how are we determining the sponsor? Did we not forward this email uh, by between who's us listening from to this us? one person who emailed? Yes. Oh, it was Adam Kaplan. Right. So, oh, so, so Adam, what's the back and forth? Oh, I, sorry. I actually <laughs> didn't realize it. So is Adam Kaplan personally sponsoring No, hold this? on, hold on. Before we get to Adam, I need to get inside your head here. Okay, please, Because the please. looks you're giving me right now, Tom, I, I, we need to record should, the three Well, why don't we person. do what? We should just do this as a video, video podcast, which I never looked at a video podcast, but that would be fun. Adam Kaplan himself is our first sponsor. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Because the deal last week was that the first email into our inbox would be given a sponsorship yes. uh, plug on the show. So uh, Adam Kaplan, who is uh, an amazing teacher from Toronto, uh, involved in all kinds of tech um, uh, technology uh, panels and, and teaching teachers and students how to embrace technology in the classroom and beyond. Uh, Adam's a, a person I've known forever. Grew up with with Adam at camp. Tom actually knows him as well. Uh, and and not only is Adam an amazing teacher, he's also our water ski teacher. He's the one that brings our uh, amazing our amazing people up uh, on 
<laughs> you you are so distracted in your head. No, I'm in my head. Yeah. So Adam's our amazing uh, water ski coach. He brings people up. Uh, it's funny. The second the microphone goes right? on, right? You have this like performance I'm so nervous. anxiety. I'm so, so nervous in your head. Yeah, you like, could do a shortened version of this, you know? Just well, Tom, we need the we need the ad music that they have on all the other podcasts. Like, so why don't like you do the ADP ad that comes in? This week's episode is brought to you by Adam Kaplan. Okay, fine. That's it. So I don't even have to give it. We've already intro to Adam. Promotional code adamkaplan.com slash firesideconf for a 20% discount. On water skiing, which is already free. Right. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Why aren't you our ad reader? You're our Marco. I will be our Marco. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, I like that. I like that. If that Tom. also means I get to buy one of every computer when it comes that's out. That's fine. That's fine. And then still bitch about them. Yes. Well, the keyboard is. <laughs> I think that you're doing a Syracuse right there. <laughs> that was totally yeah. Syracuse. And we're talking about uh, ATP, by the way, the Accidental Tech Podcast. Uh, so, Dan, you made a note about, um, first off, how bad I am at math. No, you made a note. Well, I am absolutely horrible at math. I did. I had nothing to do with this note. It's, well, it's not even that funny, I don't think. No. I wasn't sure why you even put it in the show notes. Well, I'm just bad at math. Next. <laughs> i think actually steve is bad at time zones would be a better description. i'm bad at times like trying to watch the olympics this year was i didn't torture. watch the Olymp one single event from so the olympics. there's this whole nbc thing now because nbc is the olympics i think until mid 2020 maybe late 2020s okay and uh you know between russia uh pyeongchang uh next is i think beijing again and then tokyo um all the time zones are are they're kind of wreaking havoc, obviously, on their broadcast schedule. Um, so, you know, that 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 is something that the, uh, they're going to have to look at in the future. I think that's why Calgary might be getting the next Winter Games. We'll have to see about that. <laughs> you know, the problem is, I think I'm looking at you in the face. Yeah. And I think that is causing me great anxiety. You think you'd be better at this if we did it over Skype? Maybe. But it's like you're looking at me for some validation. I'm not of what you're saying. See, that's the thing. I'm really not looking at you for any validation. I feel comfortable in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but you also like. I, I saw this switch go off right. in your face when you were in the middle of what you were last yes. saying about NBC, which was fine at the beginning. And then you, and then when I, I know you've you've gotten to a point where you don't know what, where you were going yes. with something when you say that. And you know they're looking at those things, right? Like you gave this. So how about, how about we get response, right? So I was thinking perhaps we invite someone like Eric Silverberg on the on the on the uh, podcast one day to to help form cogent stories and and sentences as we. As you we, might be beyond reproach. You think so? Even from Eric? No, yeah. not from Eric. Or Eric just, can help you know, anyone. Just take the take the first half of your spiel and then just stop there. About halfway in, just stop. Yeah, that's another, that's another that's another option. Should Tom just fade out every sentence? Yeah. No, you just you can make a point and then when the period arrives in the sentence, then you stop talking and then other people will join just in. Just take one bite and end it. Yeah, that's it. That's a one potential solution. Just like a really delicious big bite, but just one bite. Right. So I don't remember I walked over here, I said the funniest thing, oh wait, let's save it for the podcast, and then you put it in the show notes as the funniest thing, and now of course I have no right. idea what's I'm sure that. we'll remember next week. Yes. We talked about this a little bit last week. I feel my utmost comfort in front of people when I'm at the mic, unscripted, performing, whether it be music, generally music, right? I don't I don't feel the anxiety and I'm not at a loss of words or, you know, rambling to a point of incoherence. Right. Like you're not someone who's uncomfortable in front of people. Right. You love being on stage right. and performing. Right. You're usually the one that gets up at fireside in front of everyone. Right. And, and I'm okay and with that. Says, and plays that role of camp director. Right. Yet for some reason, I don't know what it is, but when the recording's on here and in some other situations, you you get a little too in your head. It's It's unreal because... I, I think I am thinking, but really I am anxiously thinking, which then makes me not think. Yeah, not and then speak. you totally lose your trail of thought. Even that one sentence I just delivered, I completely <laughs> lost myself. I don't know. Like, I need help. I so was actually, this you is, might need like half a beer, not a full beer. 
because I don't like full beer, Stephen. Right. But half a beer might get you a little more comfortable. Is it because it's being recorded, though, and and you're worried that it's a thing that's going out there, whereas the ad hoc stuff that you do is, in theory, not recorded at Fireside? Although, obviously... Well, no, like, I know it's getting recorded, uh, but... This is a different kind of recording. Uh, maybe I want to put that best foot forward. And by trying so hard to put that best foot forward, I'm actually putting my left foot forward. Uh, or my <laughs> the hell does foot. that mean? Is your left foot the, the worst of the two feet? <laughs> yeah, it's like when I go water skiing, for instance, I will put my right foot ahead of me. Is that a thing? Oh, so, that, so, so that makes you regular or, or goofy, I forget which. Yeah, goofy would be the opposite. But it's, Unless you want your stronger foot to push from behind. But is that the opposite if you're left-footed or not? Like, yeah, like, I guess there's not really a footed, like, do you, unless you write with your... Well, but here's my ignorance about water ski. Again, maybe I'm speaking from complete ignorance. Is there any relevance to whether you're left... I think uh, there is, right because dominant? You're, when, you're, when you're slaloming, when you're turning, when you're really sharp turning, I guess if you're just but, going straight, there's no difference. But aren't you turning based on where, which way the boat has decided to turn you? Uh, or you're talking about like you're, you're cutting... But I think, I think uh, you're still, probably still want your dominant foot to be the main one that's, that's directing you, kind of like you, a rudder. But you snow ski as well. So when you snow ski, do you use no one difference? Foot? No difference. Okay, so that would be a complete left, right, right, indistinguishable. Snowboarding, there is, I guess, snowboarding, there is no difference other than, I guess. Well, your stance is relevant. Yeah. Though. So is I guess it would be the same That's thing. The whole thing is, yeah, one foot has to go forward, and they do the test where they goofy? push you, and it's whichever foot right, so you use to stabilize yourself. It's, right, so it's probably with, the same thing. I'm completely with you, Tom. So I think wakeboarding and snowboarding, there is a obviously relevant conversation about dominant foot. But I'm still trying to get to the bottom of whether or not there's relevance to dominant foot in water skiing. In, in two skis, I would say no. But in oh. one ski, for sure, there but is. But we weren't talking about oh, one I ski. Oh, I was thinking about one ski because I was talking about when I get up on one ski. Well, I mean, in that context, that makes total sense. But yeah, two you're going to have one. Two skis, 100%, I would, I would agree okay. that there's no dominance. Then there wow. is just some confusion here. I didn't realize you would jump. Oh, boy, yes. So I don't know how we got back. On, how the hell did we get? Is this my comfort topic? Yeah, this is your comfort is this, topic. It, Let you hold on to exercise. that whenever you need it. Yes, yeah. yeah. Exercise <laughs> is my comfort, it, comfort topic. subject. Yeah. Let's uh, let's roll this forward. So, keeping with the kind of sports theme, which is where we're going next. Um, who wrote this one? At least bandwagon. Is it time for Tom and Stephen to join? That wouldn't have been me. It, that I was wrote that. I wrote that. Tom, do you know what tonight is? Because even I know what tonight is. You asking me? Do a quick Google search of Toronto. Yeah, Tom, do a quick Google search of Toronto sports. Make riveting listening as I open up Safari. Um, okay, so so tomorrow the Maple Leafs are playing the Boston. I'm pretty sure that's today. I just said to double check. Yeah, and you're in the future, so the tomorrow is even <laughs> more wrong. It's literally like it's happening there in an hour. Yeah. Can you let us know the score actually once the game's over? Because it starts at 7 p.m. Eastern. Well, that's thanks for pointing that out. That was the stupid was joke, joke I was making. Right, yeah, right. I see that. Tom, the Leafs playoffs start tonight. Or the playoffs started yesterday, but the Leafs play tonight. Fantastic. So, but what was the what was the relevance of this? Was Tom, did you have an interest in in starting to get follow some one sport and one team, I think you Yeah, said, right? did you you wanted to follow something Toronto related and you wanted some feedback on that? I've never really followed any sport at all, any British Football, as in soccer teams or cricket or anything like that. Um, <laughs> neither have we. <laughs> We've just offended all of our Australians. Sorry, Chris. So anyway, I thought it might be nice to follow a Canadian team in whichever We should whichever obviously sport. be following the Jays in baseball because you're here over the summer and it's an easy team to go and see because they play almost every day. So Stephen is selfishly suggesting that because he likes the Jays the most. He also goes to, what would you say, once a week, a Jays game? Yeah, I'll usually go to probably 20 or 30 over the season. Yeah, so he goes to an insane amount of Jays games. But you should know a couple things about the Jays. They are probably, at this point in time, at this point in time, Toronto's worst of the big four. Well, we only have three of the big well, not three probably. professional that is, sports that is, teams. That's true right now. But they're also the worst of all of the professional sports teams outside of the big three. So if you look at lacrosse and uh, and you look at the CFL oh, as well. So, yes. 
Wait, did the Argo the Argos made the Great Cup last year, didn't they? I don't follow them. They, they oh, maybe so even won, but I blanket statement. No, that I because the Argos have had recent success more so than the Jays or anywhere close to. Well, yeah, because I, I actually think the Argos won the Great Cup, so I, I'll give you all those. I'll give right. you all those. And TFC won the. I'll championship, give, I will give you all those. But and you even know, the nine hundred five Raptors won the championship. Really? Yes, I didn't know that. So, but how are how is the uh, arena football team doing? Tom, maybe you want to get in, into big into arena football. <laughs> I don't think we have one anymore. And I, I don't know how the Rock are doing. The I would l- love to know. Team. T- Tom, can you look up how the Toronto Rock are faring? Steve, just so you know, Tom, Steve is in. Fr- Steven Steven is in front of type. two I don't devices. Want to type. I'm nervous if I type, I'm going to get distracted. But and Tom is typing too. Sorry, Tom would be typing but you see, as well. Tom is not the type that's going to get distracted. I oh, I have see. Two screens in front of me. Right. It's not going to work out well. Tom, what's the Toronto Rocks record? Wait a second, their rec- record for what exactly? But that's lacrosse. Wins and losses. That's lacrosse. So, th- so this is the the 2018 Toronto Rock season. Is that correct? Yes. So, so their 2018 record is seven to eight. That means oh, well, they had a winning record. Um, their home record is seventeen home wins. Record, three, oh, seven, did you say seven and eight or seventeen? Is it seventeen and eight? No, seven to eight. So they've. I guess that means oh, they've okay. lost eight. So they've losing, losing record. record. Their home record is three to five. Um, so losing home record. Yeah. The first number is always is always the wins. Yeah. Goals four one nine five. Goals do you against. Think they do it backwards in the UK, like they do <laughs> losses and then or or how they do time date and time formatting. What kind of a glass? Glass half empty kind of a view on it. Yeah, we expect to lose, so right. we, we tell people that first. Right. So, okay, so uh, it is not true then, objectively, that that the Jays are actually the worst team in Toronto, Dan. It seems like... They are of the, in yes. no offense to the Toronto Rock, but of the big sports I would agree, I would agree with that. But what I will say is that the, the Jays are off to a much better season than they were last year. And all things considered, they're playing actually very well. Why is it time for Tom and Steve to join the Leafs bandwagon? Should we? Should we not? Also, just so you know, the Toronto Rock have six championships since 1999, the most recent being 2011. How many te- is that hard? Well, that's, I mean, that's <laughs> why we said it is sort of irrelevant right, in any right. event because they're part of right. a smaller I, I league. Hear, I hear that. Uh, so, so I think the, the broader point here is the bandwagon. So, Tom, I, I should tell you that I'm not a huge hockey fan, although I've been watching this season way more. I've watched way more games. Uh, thanks in, in most parts to Dan forcing me, essentially, in, in text and whatnot to watch a game, and I'll watch them, and I very much enjoyed the season. Um, I just said, um... So that's the last time I'm going to say it the whole time, right? Otherwise, maybe we have like a charity um jar or should something. Should I just should my two hundred dollar bet for the water skiing go up by a dollar? I would say five dollars. Every time you say um, well, every every um in every podcast before fireside, that's going to be. Expensive. How about on the release? Okay, version? you know we don't have that much money. Maybe <laughs> maybe a dollar. Money. Maybe yeah, a yeah. dollar. So uh, on the on the bandwagon part for the Leafs. So the Leafs playoffs start tonight. They last what about two months, right? If 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 a team makes it to the finals, yeah. Right, so it's an easy way to get back in and and, and jump on the bad bandwagon. Tom, we're gonna we're gonna watch Maple Leafs. So, hockey. but are you making the case that Tom should be a Leaf bandwagoner? I we haven't act- even really given the case for no, no, what so the options are I think for him right now. One, I, I would agree with you, because assuming I know what you're gonna say, which is absolutely he should be jumping on the Leafs bandwagon right now. They're, like the, this seems like the the best time for what I've now viewed. As a much better sport than I remembered as as a kid, uh, probably because I didn't really play as a kid. Uh, I think this is actually a great time to jump on the Leafs bandwagon and follow them. I think generally, though, baseball is a much better sport and, and a better sport to follow. But right now, I think Tom should be jumping in and, and watching the Leafs. Tom, I would take a bit of a different approach because ultimately you have to make the decision. And I feel you need to have all the information. Stephen has sort of presented you a dichotomy between baseball and hockey. But he's totally left out the fact that there's basketball. Yes. Where the Raptors are heading into the playoffs. Yes, that's true. And Tom, you need some more information about your options and what the pros and cons are are uh, uh, what the pros and cons are of each of the options. So I think that might be the best approach, and I'll try to be as as short as I can. Okay. So you're going to give us a broad overview of the of the three major sports. Yeah. All with the qualification that even 
though I do follow hockey uh, the most and quite religiously, I'm not one with uh, any amount of uh, gravitas when it comes to sport knowledge okay. generally. So it's, it's a very much a uninformed layperson's approach to Which is who to why people wagon. listen to our podcast in the first place. Right. An uninformed approach. To it's the why the four people listen to our podcast <laughs> yes. in the first place. The Toronto Blue Jays. Yes. Coming off a few years of incredible success. Yes. I would say really rejuvenating the city's interest in them since they had back-to-back world championship wins in the World Series in the early 90s, 92 92 and 93. Yeah. And it's an organization that has had incredible difficulty for a number of reasons over the last decade and a half. Partially because they had bad ownership and management. Which they still do in many cases. Still do. And partially because the way playoffs have traditionally worked in baseball, it's extremely, it's probably the most difficult of the three sports that we're talking about here to get into the playoffs. And they. Because there's only four teams from each league that get in. Right. And their division has traditionally been really stacked. You have right. The Yankees, the Red Sox, Tampa Bay is in. Not no, now, not, but they, they were good. A few no, years oh, ago. no, but I'm saying like in, in the past, yes, Tampa, yes. Tampa Bay's in the division and they yep. had. They, at, for a couple of years, were really quite yep. strong. And it wasn't last season, but the two seasons before, the Jays had these sort of miracle runs with incredible teams. That rejuvenated interest in and baseball. Actually, and actually bringing us back to Fireside for a second, that was right around the end of the season was September. I guess we were probably September 4th or 5th. And that Didn't first we, year, in our first year, we, we showed it. showed the yes. days? Yes. yes. Okay, that's right. That was actually a cool moment. Right. So, Tom, the benefits of baseball for you would be that you are here in the summer meaning you would actually be able to participate in watching baseball, not just going to games, but in a time zone that you're actually living in. And it wouldn't be like having to follow them in the middle of the night. I would say the biggest con is that they're now kind of back to this ambiguous. We're not quite sure where the team is going. Steven is a bit more optimistic than I am about their potential for well, success. Well, now I can be a little bit more objective about that 15, about 15 games into the season, though. What are the chances they make the playoffs? Uh, much higher than last year. Which isn't, which is, sorry, I want to answer your question. What are the chances I believe? Yes. I would say they have a 40 to 50%. 40 chance. to 50%? 40%? 40%. 40% I think you're still, hold on. Melissa, yeah. what are the chances the Jays make the playoffs this year? Uh, not good. Give, what, me, a give me a number. 30. Oh, 30. I said 40 to 50. Even 30. Like 30 is high. I, you're right. Even I, th- I think 30 is high, not because I think they are a worse team than that, but just because how difficult it is to make right. the playoffs in the MLB. Right. That's true. So even if you're a really good team, it yeah. can be so like, look how difficult it was for the Jays to make the playoffs, even in the years yeah. where they were. That's true. Where they were. So you good. either have to win. You either have to win your division or win the wild card. Right. So. So, Tom, the, the, if any part of your decision, any part of your decision criteria is to follow a team that is doing well and has a chance to win it all. Then I would say Jays would be one that would be the least interesting to I you. I completely agree. Okay, with that. Well, here's a, here's a question about how many um, matches do they play a year? Does that depend whether they make these playoffs or not? Right. Well, obviously, because if you make the playoffs, you're going to play more, you know, more games throughout the playoffs. But every team plays 162 games, so they're essentially which playing is the most of any any of the sport. Big four. So they're essentially playing at least double uh, most. Like hockey's what 80 something 81? 82 82. So uh, literally, uh, you know, I'm bad at math, right? So I'm running our books, guys. <laughs> so yeah, Steven's all, always telling me it's okay. We're doing okay. We're above right. water right now. Well, and how now many I'm times getting... do I send you our numbers? And then like two seconds later, I send you a text. I'm like, oh, no, no, wait. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the huge advantage, and this is what I was going to get to about being a baseball fan in general, is that there are so many games. So you know, you could watch half of the games uh, and still, or, or a quarter of the games, and still get to see so much of the season. Right? I don't know why quantity, like the amount of time that one could invest into something such a sport, yeah. would be a major factor in which one to follow. Like, if, no, I think that's fact, true. Anything, I think that's true. If anything, like 164 games or whatever it is a year is almost too many. You know, it's, it's a, a huge, huge investment of your time. Big, 
especially when we know at the outset because of the way the MLB works and because of the level of sort of skill and competition on the Leafs right yeah. uh, on the Jays right now the chances of them being successful are so low to have to sit through 162 3 hour long games I I don't I actually don't disagree with any of that except for the fact that it is very nice in the spring and summertime and then into the fall to just always have something on on TV Sure, but you could have the Young and the Restless on. I love the Young and the Restless. So I remember, it probably was 10 years ago, or some amount of years ago, um, Steve, I went to see a a Jays game with you and your father, um, and and I don't know how usual this is, but at some point towards the end, and it was quite a ways from the end, everyone just started leaving. Like the, the yes, Yeah, yes. That's, see, I don't that's know. Is that a general... I do not understand that. It's also Toronto... I don't... Is that a Toronto sports fan thing, the leaving early? It may be, but I also... If it is going to be universal to one sport, I have to I, say I, it's going to be baseball. Well, yeah, because you're there three hours. Like, if it's if it's a four-run lead in the eighth inning, like, I'm out of there. Five-run, yeah. but which... which like, don't get me wrong, people leave hockey games early, but when I say early, I'm talking, like, two minutes left in the right. third, and they're down by three, and so the chances of Yeah, like, of if you're down back, by one or two in, in hockey, you're staying, because you just never know what could happen. Right, and most games are within a margin right. of, right. it's not, you're not going to have a, a many games that are a seven-goal right. disparity. So, and the other thing, too, that, that it's always interesting is Toronto sports, I, I have no idea if this is normal across other sports, but seems like fans are they're ruthless here when it comes to their sports um but then they're also very polite at the same time you just earned another dollar for charity did i say i'm you sure did oh crap so you know toronto sports venues you go in they don't let you go down until to your seat until there's like a breakage in play right from what i know a universal from what i know definitely in baseball all across every stadium i've been to they don't have that rule well i like that rule that me too i think it's great it's a little annoying when you're holding like an ice cream and it might melt. Uh, or yeah, a protein but even shake. more annoying when you are the guy holding four beers and, and a melting ice cream right. and you're trying to like shuffle into seat number fifteen. But see, it doesn't solve that problem though, right? Because you know, if there's sorry a, during play, during play, but there still could be a thirty second break in play uh, between batters or whatever, and you're still going to end up bothering the people, uh, you know, as you walk through the aisle. So let's let's move on to basketball and make the case for basketball or at least give the information about it. And subject to this qualification being I don't follow basketball. I I think it's the least interesting of the three sports. Agreed, and agreed. I don't real like I to, to the extent that I'm speaking out of turn about any of these, I'm definitely the mostly most speaking out of turn when it comes to basketball. Right. So Tom, do you know the Toronto basketball team? That's the Raptors, yes? Yeah, correct. So that's the Toronto Raptors. They are heading into the playoffs this year. Uh, They have had a record-breaking season. They were on track uh, as of last night to also have a franchise record season of 60 60 wins, wins, which they did not get to. But 59 wins, still an absolute record-breaking season for the first time ever. They finished first place in the conference. Uh, and there's only two conferences, so they they're number one in their conference, and um, they have uh, great some great really notable players like all stars on the team: Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan, uh, Valanciunas. I don't really know many of the other players. I, I don't follow it too much. Anything those are those, are, add, your, those are the your, ones. Yeah, yeah. Those are the ones. Those are the know. ones I would have I would have pulled out. So you realize we're going to get absolutely destroyed for this for all of these. If we had more than four listeners, we would. Right, exactly. Like, I wish we had thousands, hundreds of thousands of listeners. So they're like, you guys are total assholes. Don't you know that the, that the Toronto FC or the, right. And then we're going to say, wait, no, like. Well, so, but that's, what's interesting is the Toronto FC Uh are actually the best sport team in Toronto. But then there's the whole discussion about the fact that MLS. Toronto uh, FC could be the best sports, best football team in all of North America. Because of the competition there now. Yeah. So, okay. This is going back a little bit, though. There is like, Tom, if you want to select a sport team, I'm assuming that you want it to be in a league that is considered a top tier league and not to be too disparaging about MLS. But they don't like to to be talking to someone from the UK. Yes. Who has the actual and I don't know enough about how soccer football works there, but 
like no doubt it is the top. It's like us talking the, about a hockey league. It's like us talking about a hockey league in in, in Europe is probably not as nearly as right. It would be like if we were talking about the KHL or the Swedish versus, elite versus versus the NHL. Like there's no comparison. Yeah. So listen, there's nothing wrong with being a fan of TFC, but if you were a soccer or football fan and you're coming over here, right. you'd almost probably right, laugh right. at them. Yeah. Because it's kind of with respect to them, they're kind of yeah. A- plus, also, I like the fact that because we don't, you know, we don't have baseball whatsoever in the UK or or ice hockey much, you know, so they're much more exciting and interesting for a non-native. How boring is this conversation for the three listeners of ours that also probably just don't care at all yeah, about should we, sport? Should we, should we move on to, to the Leafs or no. should we talk about the Let's, Raptors? Well, we haven't even made the case for the. <laughs> okay, for, I haven't even said. <laughs> I mean, and we all know my, that we all know that the Leafs component is going to be the most uh, is is going to be the most impassioned. Yeah, maybe, but I, right. I, yeah, exactly. So I, I haven't even given uh, any color to what I think is the issue with the Raptors. So Tom, just to summarize, incredible team, all stars on it, record breaking season, heading into the playoffs on top. I think the issue with basketball over the last. Five years or so, if not longer, has been that it's a v- very much a non-competitive league, such that there's usually a handful of two, if not three or four teams that really have an opportunity to win. Yeah. Even if you are the Toronto Raptors and you finish first place in the conference Doesn't going into the playoffs, I would say absolutely the, con- nothing. the consensus the consensus is they have no chance of winning. Right. LeBron James has appeared, I think it's seven straight NBA finals between Miami and Cleveland. And he's played the last few years against Golden State. And uh, I think Houston if I'm not speaking too at a turn, is another one of the top Houston, teams that yeah, people yeah. Are, are expecting to yep. have a chance. So it's effectively been written, and the consensus is Toronto basically has no chance. But they might make it to the conference finals, right. but there's no way. It's so not we're also liking, liking or disliking this whole idea of having a chip on our shoulder because you know the way the NBA and the way that the U.S. market views Toronto in general – uh, with respect to basketball, you know, whether it be for timing of games uh, or or timing of, of of really just timing of games and and, and, and also exposure the, the coverage and of like getting on the exactly. national broadcast. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. I love the We the North campaign. I would love to see the Raptors succeed. But if part of the decision criteria is a team that can actually go on and win it all. Right. They will definitely have a great playoff run. There's no doubt. They're an amazing team. And I would suggest that they would even be worth following over the Jays at this point because you're not going to be wasting your time. Well, I would say at this point, that's not even a question. Of course, I mean, they're going into the playoffs. This is the exact time that one should be jumping on a bandwagon for, right. for a team. So I, I, I would agree with that. But then fall back on the Jays when the Raptors undoubtedly lose in the first <laughs> yeah. or second round. Yeah. Well, and the nice thing about the Jays is that they their season is the reverse time right, period exactly. of the of the exactly. Leafs and the Raptors. So, I'm very interested to hear your Leafs take. No pressure. No pressure on the Leafs take. The Leafs take. Tom, the Toronto Maple Leafs are undoubtedly the heartbeat of Toronto sports. Wow. F- pretty much forever, right? Forever. Hockey, although it's not officially our national sport, it's absolutely, without doubt, the most popular sport in the country. Um, It's so tied into our culture and history in a way that basketball is not, despite the fact of basketball being invented in Canada. And the the Leafs really, for a long time, being Canada's team... They are an incredibly storied franchise. They haven't won the championship, however, since 1967, which is a whole other storyline for you to learn about. And they have suffered with bad management since really the 80s and uh, and perhaps the 70s and through the Harold Ballard era. They had some fairly strong teams in the early 90s and the late 90s. And have effectively That's what we been, grew up on, right? Those yeah. Were like, just so I understand, those were the Gilmore years, Sunday and all that stuff, where we yeah. got almost to the finals, right? That yeah. was the, we played the Kings. Yes. I was at that game, game seven, 
against Gretzky. Really? My dad, uh, I think I must have been, what year was that? It was probably 93, 94, yeah. somewhere around there. So I was probably seven or eight. And I still remember my dad saying, I'm taking you to this game. We're going to find a ticket on the street. Wow. And I don't care what I spend. I, I need you to experience this. And he obviously And that to didn't too. convert you into being. So a- it, you have to understand that it's not that I'm not a Leafs fan. I'm not uh, I'm not like a watch every day game kind of guy. Uh, and I kind of fell out of love of following the Leafs, not for any particular reason. So the last decade and a half, really since the last lockout in the mid-2000s, the Leafs have effectively been a disaster. They made the playoffs, not including last year, one time in a lockout-shortened season. It, it, was there a team we played in the playoffs? That you know year? what? Actually, forget it. I don't think they made the playoffs that year. Right, now, right. That I, now that I'm thinking about it again, that never happened. So, in the last few years, Tom, the organization has completely rebuilt itself, starting from the top with a brand new president in Brendan Shanahan, one of the... Uh, I would say top 100 hockey players of all time. And they've brought in a, an incredible general manager and one of the arguably top coaches of all time in Mike Babcock. Uh, he's a Stanley cup winning coach and an uh, Olympic winning coach. And they also have rebuilt through the draft and with the number one, number one pick. And so they now have an incredible star in Austin Matthews amongst other stars on the team. But the biggest, I think the biggest component that should convince you to bandwagon for the Leafs, number one, they're heading into the playoffs, much like the Raptors. Tonight. Tonight. And Well, I guess it was last week as opposed to once this actually goes right. live. And although they're certainly not favorites, and it would be per- perhaps quite even a shock if they were to win, there is certainly the possibility. Like no one— Like way more than last year? Like, no one necessarily expected them to make the playoffs last year, right? Correct. They were not necessarily supposed to make the playoffs, let alone bring Washington to such a point of it was potential game six, defeat. Game seven? Last I believe year, so. Like, or towards, it was right. The, the one thing about hockey, Tom, with the Leafs in particular, is there's there has not been, despite the fact, actually, that there's been back-to-back championships by the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the last four or five teams to win have been uh, a select group of some of the top teams, so Boston, Chicago, L.A., Pittsburgh. I think everyone believes that any team could win, and that includes the Leafs. So if you want to get into a sport and bandwagon where there is not only a very, very bright future ahead, so whereas the Toronto Raptors have uh, players that are sort of in their peak, perhaps, Toronto's just on its way up. Like, this is a long-term potential investment. Is that unique to, uh, again, me not knowing a ton about this, is that unique to this year in the NHL, or is it just hockey in general that the discrepancy between the the best in the playoffs and the worst in the playoffs is such that uh, that lowest team or the lowest seed or whatever it is could still pull it out uh, and and, and end up winning? So there's definitely a little bit of that any given Sunday. Right. Type of type of um, possibility in hockey, but I think the bigger thing is that the league generally has gotten so much more competitive in, right. and so much further along in terms of parity over the last decade and a right. half. Whereas before, Versus when you didn't have a salary right. cap and you had some teams spending a hundred million and some spending right. thirty million. Well, you could see that even uh, again. Excuse my ignorance on this piece, but like. I watched the game last night. Like Vegas is an expansion team; they're brand new and they're making. Oh, that's going to be a movie. Right? That's going to be so hundred percent a movie. So that of anything showing parity or the fact that like teams are are all pretty good is the fact that an expansion team in Las Vegas can make the playoffs in their first year of, of existence. So Tom, we've given you a lot to think about. You don't need to make your decision now, but you should watch the game tonight if you're up. I have I have one quick question um, about the Maple Leafs. Um, and well, about uh, ice hockey in general, um, do they actually have the fights that I kind of hear about? The you know the the teams fighting each other. Well, we there's should, that old we joke. Send him, rock him, sock him. There's that old joke. I went to a boxing match and a hockey game broke out. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But but so, that happens in the high level professional games. It does. Fighting is a in hockey is a legal. It's it's not legal in the sense that you will be penalized uh, which you will but it's it is part of the sport it's a it is um you, you don't get thrown out or ejected because unless of the fight. it's in, i'm assuming unless it's 
incredibly and do they have players yes well, players that are known for being you know good fighters or even recruited because the goons, they're good right? at fighting so yes however the way the league has progressed over the last 15 years or so is that fighting is very much being discouraged the role of the goon and the fighter is really being eliminated more and more year after year for a number of reasons it's a much it's a younger man's sport it is a uh, it is a much faster sport and the the culture of fighting um, especially because of things like concussions and injury and just the fact that the sport doesn't want to be defined by that anymore they are getting further and further away from it but Yes, 100% but you that, see it. That was a huge way that they were able to expand, though. Like, th- this idea of fighting, I think, really, for better or for worse, obviously, I, I, I would say for worse, you know, was was a selling point for a lot of people, uh, especially in the U.S. Where, where hockey isn't, you know, isn't as big of a sport. They, they get to, to follow something with not only action, but, you know, the, the chances of a fight breaking out um, uh, could be could be somewhat exciting. Yeah, so I'm reading that fighting is about 50% down from only five years ago. Now, would fighting have enticed you or would it have been something that would make you less interested? Without Tom answering, what do you think his answer would be? I think he's not at all interested in fighting. Me too. Me too. I, I would say that Tom was is very much discouraged by the fighting. Yeah, you would both be correct. He's way too British proper for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, but just to be fair... It is in ways part of the sport. It is tied to the sport. And it is not part of the direct skill of the sport. But the reason that fighting became a thing, and this is a much longer conversation about hockey that we don't need to get into, has a lot to do with the way it affects the momentum of the game. But also because hockey is such a fast-paced sport where people collide into each other going 30, 40 kilometers an hour at high speed body checking. And you have guys on one team going after the top most elite stars on another team. Fighting was seen in many ways as necessary to prevent uh, that type of damage right. happening in hockey. Right. It was like uh, let let things bottle up and then the fight is like the it's that goon is kind of taking it for like the team. If, if a goon, like if, if your goon went after Wayne Gretzky, right. it was a known thing that, okay, that's fine. You go, you go after Gretzky, but then you have to fight. Right. Like that's the price you pay for yes. trying to go after our yes. star player. Yes, yes, yes. So that's sports. That is sports. We did. We did. Sports. That was a short segment. That was probably right. That, that is uh, two uninformed idiots on sports. <laughs> with, with one truly uninformed idiot on the, <laughs> across, yeah. across the ocean. So I'm looking down our show, no- show notes. Uh, I know you get less anxious about time of podcast than, than I do. I, I shouldn't say anxious. I'm very much enjoying our chat. Uh, Are you? <laughs> That's good to know. I am. But I'm looking down ones of, of ones that I really wanted to get to this week. Okay. Right. Uh, and, and I'm looking at, uh, at, at Jiffy Pop and, uh, and Snacks. And we talked, uh, it was either last week or two weeks ago about late night snacks around the campfire. And someone gave us a great suggestion about Jiffy Pop uh, the other day. Have you ever had a Jiffy Pop? I've never. You've never. Is that the one that's, uh, it sort of looks like a pan and you hold it over something and it pops. So you can't just hold it as the key. You must go back and forth in a, uh, I like how I'm trying to show you how to do it as if. The podcast listeners will know what I mean, but you essentially need to. Uh, I'm assuming Tom, you'll be able to put that the, the audio of that ad up, maybe. Gather around the Jiffy Pop, the family fun treat. Uh, it, it was called the family. I forget what it was called. Fun for the whole family, Jiffy Pop. But people seem so obsessed with this notion of like the Jiffy Pop. Is there? Is it? A better popcorn oh, than no, microwave no. popcorn? Oh, I would say that it's actually way inferior to a microwave popcorn. Uh, the, the advantage to the Jiffy Pop is that, and why we're going to include a bunch of them at Fireside, is that you can do them over the fire. But so like my dad, for example, would prefer a Jiffy Pop over a microwave pop. Is that just a nostalgia thing? To me, it would just be nostalgia. I honestly don't know if, if there is a huge quality difference. I've always loved the microwave popcorn with all the carcinogenic uh, butter and, and all that fake stuff in there but nothing beats movie popcorn right of course but the there's something uh inherently again analog you know you about can now uber i've, heard that. Movie I've popcorn? heard that 
I've heard that uh, that that is. But I guess it would get cold. I mean, that is that's basically the end of Western civilization there. Well, I Uber, I Uber, you did a McDonald's coffee. Yeah, okay, that's that's pretty bad too. That is very bad. Wow. So, uh, no, no. So on the point of Jiffy Pop, what's really cool is you you take off the cardboard on the outside, which we were alerted is a very big part of it. Uh, you you put it over the fire and you you rock back and forth. Not you personally. Uh, you rock the Jiffy Pop back and forth. And within a few minutes, you're going to have beautiful popcorn around the campfire. So I don't know. To me, that, that seems very analog and, and, and fun uh, and fun for the whole family. But I was just interested if either of you guys. How long does the process take? Pro- I would say probably two to two to four minutes. OK, that's not bad. Yeah. I just don't know if I would want to in, embark uh, in the whole over process. the fire. Right. It right. just seems like. But that's also you. Right. Because I, I guess was it. Yeah. Last summer on the Sunday after Fireside, I. I and it was my pleasure to do so, but like you were kind of chilling out while I was barbecuing the or over the campfire, the hot dogs and that kind of stuff. Yes, I'm I'm happy to do the, the cooking. So you, you for would the, be yeah, I'm fine to jiffy because I pop my I enjoy, jiffy. Yes, I will pop your jiffy. Like I'm fine to do that. I think that to me that that's the more fun part, right? You get to sit over the campfire and do that, right? Um, but like I have no problem roasting a marshmallow. No, do you have the patience to actually roast the marshmallow? Yeah, a hundred percent to golden but brown. There's some. I feel like there's a more direct thing when you're roasting a marshmallow. Like you're kind of in control of the exact level of roastedness, right? Whereas the jiffy thing, to me, in my mind, feels like more of a chore. Well, you definitely can't leave it. Like with a marshmallow, you could hold it just over the fire for five minutes if you want really you know five feet over and it's gonna get nice and golden brown you try that with a jiffy pop the entire thing's gonna burn how do you like to roast your marshmallow do you like it when it gets really roasted on the outside or are you kind of just like a light so i used to like it burnt i used to like it burnt but now i like to go for the perfect over the coals get it nice and nice and golden brown you fill a cup with the, the ultimate s'mores maker the way i learned it actually a year or two ago was you fill a cup with chocolate Oh, that is chips. genius. And then you dip that you roast the marshmallow and then you dip the thing oh my, into this. Because normally I'm yes. like, first of all, I'm like struggling yes. with the graham cracker right. in one hand and then like sprinkling over the chocolate Which chips. Which is a terrible idea. Everywhere. So you fill the cup, you dip you dip your marshmallow into, into the cup with the chocolate chips. I've never seen that. And then you take the two graham crackers and you... You go either side, obviously, right. and you pull pull the marshmallow off with the graham Genius. cracker so you don't get your hands uh, so you don't get your hands dirty. Genius, Tom. Do you have a preferred roasting method? I I tend to go on the lightly roasted side of it. Um, yeah, I would have taken you for a lightly roasted I'm, kind of guy. But would you go stuff. for the just go for a raw one while you're waiting for your oh, cooked yeah. one to, um, to, to roast? I, you know, I had my, That's a yeah, key my, move I'm, as well. I had my first uh, s'mores. Well, the first time I came to Canada, I'd never heard of a s'more before. What a wonderful invention. You'd also never seen, if I remember correctly, a yellow school bus before in person. That's correct. I mean, obviously, you see them in the movies, but... I remember our first town night up at camp, you saw a yellow school bus and got incredibly excited <laughs> about that. Yeah, I get incredibly excited about lots of things. Um, I uh, for, for when, when I used to go camping, and it's very simple, but we, we'd take a, a banana, we'd, we'd fill it with... Uh, ch- uh, chocolate chips or something and we'd wrap the whole thing in foil and then we'd put that in oh the, yeah yes. what's that called we put that in the actually in the coals. Tom, make sure to remember that because that is actually uh, we used to do that and also some cinnamon yeah. on it as well you can right. take what it out and eat it with that? a spoon like a banana, banana boat, boat? Banana oh, yeah. boat? Yeah, yeah yeah fantastic yeah. that's good yeah those are good those are good the uh what did we make when we were at illuminate berry bannock bannock it yeah. didn't taste good but it was a fun it was a fun thing to experience if you had a little salt i think it would it would pick up. Like, a do you like bit. pretzels at a stadium? Yeah, who doesn't? I'm not a huge oh, pretzel so guy. Good. I'm not buying them. Oh, you like you like but those? I cert- if like someone handed me right, one, right, you would eat one. I would with, eat one. with a little Dijon yeah, on there. Yeah, or like an Auntie Anne's pretzel. Oh, yeah, actually, you those know what? Those are pretty next Aunt, level. Auntie Anne's are pretty. Yeah, good. like who are you kidding? You uh, don't really like those pretzels. Uh, Tom, do you like a, a big yeah, pretzel? I've, having spent a few years in Germany and, and Austria, I'm a big pretzel guy. Oh, right. Now. That's that, that's that's a good one. Well, and people were throwing out some other ideas for us, like cotton candy. Yeah, so... And what was the other one? Uh, and I think a popcorn machine. A popcorn machine, So the, yeah. the problem with that, I said, is that it, because Fireside falls right at the start of a, oh, of right. a school year, it's sometimes hard to find those machines. You might have to actually buy them. 
Cotton candy's really fun. Cotton and candy would be fun. Super yeah. simple to Oh, snow cones is another one. We make them we make them at camp uh from time to time. Okay, so we'll look into that. Yeah. Uh I'm trying to think anything else, but maybe that was probably it on the food piece. I well I made a note. So the ideas were cotton candy, jiffy pop, s'mores, which wasn't so much an idea but more a reminder that we forgot them last year. Oreos or Oreo s'mores. Yeah, adding Oreos to the s'mores. Oh, and thank you to Rebecca Palmer, who now I'm putting on the spot for saying. Well, now she's committed. Now Once she's committed. You say it, well, she already. Committed. I think she said she was submitting the form, so she's committed. But she's going to bake treats for all fireside attendees, which is going to be great. There was also donuts, cheesecake, donuts. hot cookies, like hot fresh yes, cookies. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, bread pudding, and I think the cheesecake one was. She, she had a way of doing of doing like barbecue cheesecake, barbecue cheesecake which sounded which is, really cool. Like if we could prep them all and even put those in the kits. Like yeah. it'd be fun if those kits that are around the campfire are actually all kind of homemade goodies, maybe you know, some prepared stuff. Uh, but that that could be really cool. I wanted to do a shout out. Okay. If that works for you. I don't have any objection. You have no objection. Zero objection. We actually have two shout-outs. I can't allow that. You could do the first shout-out. There was a birthday the other day. It's a birthday of one of our top, not just one of our, our number one guy who moves. Victor! Jason Victor. Our resident schlepper, builder, maker, mover. Schlepper's a bit disparaging. I, I, didn't, I totally don't mean Schlepper. Like, he's it, so much more... I don't mean... I, I And I know Jason's going to listen to this. And can I, you I don't tell... Mean, I really don't mean Schlepper in any kind of negative connotation. I literally mean there is nobody better at getting stuff to where it needs to be and well, knowing... he's just like the operations there's king. And all in flip-flops. Can you tell the story... <laughs> Of my response yes. to Victor in our second year and in, in like you know our our com- you're in, you're yes. in my conversation so uh, so so Jason first off happy birthday to you uh, I think it was yesterday so by the time this this comes out it'll be a week week old by then but happy birthday to you we love you so much Jason uh, came to Walden with me we were actually campers together uh, and really wanted to get involved with Fireside. And I said, we have a great role. We, we have tons of operational things that need to get done, uh, logistics, things move, things placed in the right places, uh, schedules to, to, to follow uh, and, and make sure we're, we're on time for everything. So in our first year that Jason came up, I think it was our second year of Fireside, so 2016, Jason was moving everything. He was making sure things were in the right place. He was coordinating with our volunteers. He was coordinating with our speakers and our attendees and did an unbelievable job. So much so, so much so that this was all being done in the background that Dan came up to me on the Sunday when everyone was gone and said, you know, Jason, he's a really nice guy. But like, did he do anything? No, hold on. Let's be honest here. I don't think I said he was a really nice guy. Oh, maybe not. I think think I was just like your buddy, Jason, when you invited up, like, I think he just came for free, like a free rider. Right. right. what, What the hell did he do? And then I think my response to you was he did everything. You're like. Are you insane? Like he literally nonstop did everything. Right. And that was a moment for us to be like, it, holy crap, it's funny how much like when things are going on at Fireside, like I see so much of right. certain things and you see so much of certain things, but also how much we each miss. Right. So you were like, no, dude, like he did this and this and this and this. And he did a run into the city to pick up a bunch of water, I remember. And, and got us granola bars from, the, from Costco and, and whatever. And I remember feeling so bad that I... Because it's not like I said this to him, but even the fact that I thought it and didn't appreciate what he had done right. for us until you had right. told me, I felt so bad. But it was even funnier when I think back to last year, because last September, I I witnessed what he did. Right. As you said, in flip flops, he was the first guy up in the morning, the last guy to go to bed in the evening and nonstop didn't take a break. Like every time I saw him, he was like out of breath, probably sweating and like, okay, I'm running to here to do this. Like anytime I ever saw him, he was running around, hustling, lifting, moving, building, whatever it was that we needed. Like he was two steps ahead of us. And I was like blown away by his level of commitment and what he contributed. And then that made me feel 
it made me feel even worse that I had the thought the previous year, right. but it also just this incredible sense of gratitude and appreciation for what he's been able to contribute and bring and, and sort of add to our culture and community. Yeah, I love that. And it's it's totally true. It's as we mature, I think, and as we as the conference grows and, and, and we go year to year and learn more and more, we've all kind of taken on our own unique roles. Uh, so obviously, whether that means on, on the speaker side or the schedule side or the attendees, sponsors, all those things, um, you, me, Tom running everything with arts, entertainment, Tom running around with all the podcasts, we all have our own specific roles. And then there's Jason, who you can't even define a role other than just he's just kind of everywhere to he's like the most reliable swiss army knife of of just like from hammering here's a disaster help us right like make it a mitigated disaster exactly so so happy birthday to you man uh we love you so much uh and and we can't wait to have you back this year so you said we have another shout out yes just letting you know we have a call or at least i have a call in six minutes i can get this done before then final shout out brand new just accepted this morning Paul Larsh from Barrie, Ontario. Now, there's several reasons why I wanted to bring Paul up here. Uh, Paul, thanks. We're so excited to have you. What I hadn't realized was, first off, as we've talked about before, is Barrie's probably one of our top amazing uh, places that we're getting some awesome, awesome attendees from in the last few years, especially this year. Paul, what I hadn't realized is that you, Chris Adams... And Mayor Jeff Lehman play in a band together. And I hadn't realized that he is the guitar player. And there was this connection there. And I'm posing a challenge to both Jeff, Chris, and Paul to start thinking about their sets and what they're going to put together at the talent show in Fireside 2018. Great challenge. Great challenge? Yeah, well, I already told Jeff that he's not allowed to come unless he agrees to play the drums on stage so uh jeff plays drums do you know what chris plays i don't I know do not okay and then i'm gonna guess some other instrument guitar, maybe? sure that's good and uh and, and paul plays guitar and we obviously have tom tom are you in on that absolutely okay okay great so we have this amazing band who i didn't realize until recently they they opened for steve miller band at casino right oh, really? a few years ago that's what rebecca was saying the other night that's amazing so i'm really excited to have paul involved here and uh and, and can't wait to make this happen this summer all right i think that's it that's all i got <laughs>